This is Wyman and Bob on Seattle Sports, powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Streaming live on the Seattle Sports app and at seattlesports.com. Now, here are your hosts, Dave Wyman and Bob Stelton. Well, if you're watching on the video stream, we just got a lot younger and a lot better looking. Because sitting in between us, speak for yourself, <laughs> is, a, is a man that is known and loved out here in Seattle. And you're hearing him every every week with uh, Brock and Salk. And he was just uh, recording a podcast with our buddy Adam Ray and wandered over. The one, the only KJ Wright is with us. How are you, man? What's going on, gentlemen? Good to see you. Yeah. Good seeing you guys. You look you look good. You sound good. It's. Uh, I was asking you during the break about doing the media thing. You, you've made mm-hmm. the transition. How did you view the media as a player? Because we told you before, you were always really cool. I'm not saying... <laughs> that because you're here we yeah. were always yeah. you always yeah. seemed light and you're you smiled you didn't seem like oh i gotta talk to these guys so yeah. how, how does it feel to be a part of it how do you view it when you were a player when um i love it now i love it now just to bring my intellect my insight and my 11 years from a holistic standpoint to the fans they truly appreciate and they truly they truly love it and as a player you saw me i was there we need whenever you guys need an interview i'm here for you we could talk ball and um, had some a few run-ins with some people I didn't necessarily like. And so you learn how to deal with people you don't like and people that are cool and you navigate towards the people that, that show you some respect. And so um, it's, it's been a fun, a fun journey. And that's why you're here. I like you guys. You <laughs> are cool. I'm not going to say any names on who I don't like. They should know by now who they're not well, or who you, they are. Well, you got to I like Mike idea. Salk after a while. I get it. I get it. It took a while <laughs> to get there. but No, I'm kidding. But, but would, it, would you ever bring it up? To somebody that maybe they wrote something about you or said something, would you ever say, hey, man, what, what's what's with this? Or was, why, why'd you say that? I was never that guy. If you said something about me via Twitter or via online, like you said what you said, cool, but I would never approach you like that. But if you, like, ask me a question, like, you know you're trying to bring out the worst in me. You're trying to get clickbait with this question. I would just avoid you. I'm like, I'm not fooling with this guy. I know who you are. I know what you stand for. I can just tell by your energy and your demeanor that you're here for all the wrong reasons. And so for those guys, that's their niche. That's what they do. And you know, some people love that. Not KJ Wright. I'll stay away from you. If you want to be cool and respectful, we can do this. But if you want to be a jerk, you can be a jerk over there. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not over here. I'm, I'm well, not falling for that. That's a great way to handle it because I think a lot of times – Players would get mad and almost bring more attention to the person that's being the jerk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that that's a good. Uh, you know, we're coming up on the combine here. I like bringing this story up. When when you retired, I remember watching this long-legged linebacker, <laughs> Bob, 2011. Oh, 2011. Yes, sir. 2011. Mm-hmm. At the tell us about your experience because we got the combine coming up. Yeah, and that was the first time. And the thing I, I noticed about you, I was like, this guy's very interesting because <laughs> he doesn't look like he's moving that fast, but he is covering <laughs> a ton with those long legs. Yeah. You, you were covering a lot of, and then you come in as a rookie. You start at middle linebacker, uh-huh. which you weren't even never played that inside backer. But tell us about um, the the whole. Anything stand out to you about your trip to the combine? Yeah, and so side note, a, lo- a thing that a lot of people don't know, about three days before the combine, I tweaked my back. God honest truth, I tweaked my back. Bobby's like, you didn't tweak your back, you just ran slow. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, bro, I really strained my back, and I debated. This was my first like NFL decision. Like, KJ, do you not run? Just wait for pro day? Or are you on the biggest stage in front of everyone, been waiting for this moment your entire life? You just go out there and go for it. I said, like, man, I'm here. I'm going to just go run. And you look at the 40, 475. 
Not what I not remotely close to what I wanted to run. I wanted to run a, a like a four six five, mm-hmm. and that four seven five attached to my name. I was so mad. I was pissed off. But I'm like, I'm here. Let's do it. And it is what it is. And so um, that was a moment that I loved my decision I made. I wouldn't change it for the world. But you know, as a player, you got to make certain decisions. And then um, I do remember vividly meeting Coach Carroll at the combine. Mm-hmm. I met Coach Carroll and Coach Ken Norton. And um, I kid you not. After we got got done with our interview, Coach Carroll looked at Norton, and he was like, what do you think about this guy? He's like, you think he can be one of us? Right in front of you? Right in front of me. And then Coach Norton looked at me, and he was like, yeah, I think so. I, th- I think he could be one of us. I was like, yeah. I'm glad you said that. I was like, yeah. And so they probably said that to everybody. But um, I just I just felt I just felt the connection with Seattle at the combine. I didn't feel it with anyone else. I met with the Texans, met with the Saints, um, Raiders, all these teams. I felt I seriously felt a connection with Seattle when when that moment happened. Well, you know, the other thing I think you learned uh, is to play hurt. I mean, that's the thing in the NFL. Like, there was all – I always used to call them track guys. The track guys would be like, yeah, my ham, you know, I'm only 85% or I'm 90. I'm like, you're not, you're not an athlete. You're a football player, right? <laughs> yeah. And you've got you to gotta fight through that kind of stuff. I'm telling you, I have a theory, Dave, is that if you can run, you can play football. That's, that's, that's my theory. That's my motto. If you've got a banged-up shoulder or a wrist, yeah. Especially a linebacker. Get your butt out there and, and let's go play some football. That's that's how I feel. And so you best believe I, I play with my wrist. I don't know if you can see my wrist now, but I can't bend my oh, wrist. Oh, it's fused. It's, it's fused. I had surgery on it. The doctor messed it up. I play with I, – I take on linemen all the time, and I took it on like this. That's painful. Yeah. But do you want to be painful on the sideline or painful in the game? Uh, tore my labor my rookie year, still torn to this day. Had to wear their harness on it. And so you have to play through stuff and – um. It's a part of the game. Yeah. You got to be tough about it. And what pisses me off is like I see some guys, like bro, I'm looking at you. You could play. Yeah. What are you doing? You you're running. Like you, I see you, but it, majority of it's mental. And some guys mentally get in their own way and say, "Oh, I'm not ready. I'm not quite ready. I go next week." And so mental toughness really helps you with your physical, physical yeah, toughness. Turn your brain off is what I would. would turn it off? <laughs> yeah, turn it off. Don't, don't think like a normal human being, yeah. man. I mean, you you got to go out. Yeah, exactly. Let's go. Hey, back to being part of the media. I'm curious because we, we've played cuts from you, different things you've said, different you know, opinions you've shared. Mm-hmm. You're very blunt and to the point. Am and, I? And, and, <laughs> and, well, what, what I appreciated about about that is that talking to other athletes that retire and get into media, they're very reluctant to be critical, mm. not, not personal, not yeah. this guy's terrible, this guy stinks, but saying, you know, KJ knows better. KJ's got to be able to play it, make that play or some, something along. That's, that's a very hard transition for a yeah. lot of athletes to make when they get into media is being mm-hmm. cr- critical of guys they know or maybe play yeah. with. You don't seem to have had that issue. Has anybody come to you and said, dude, what are you doing? Why would you say that about me? Or no. what? Anybody had an issue with anything you've said? Anything that comes out of my mouth, I say it with complete love. I say it with complete respect. I'm not trying to bash you. I'm just going to call it spade a spade. Mm-hmm. If you looked bad on this play, if you did this, if you didn't prepare how you were weren't, were supposed to play, I'm going to tell the fans what it is. If you don't like it, then fix it. <laughs> if you want, if you don't like what KJ said about this play, then do better going forward. But I'm going to talk with respect. I'm going to talk with love. And um, if you can't handle that, then you know I feel bad for you. But um, you know I'm not trying to bash anyone. I'm not trying to right. magnify anything. You know my linebackers. I'm, you know we play, we play linebackers, and I see certain linebackers do things that means a lot to me. And so when I see certain guys play the game like it's like it's not supposed to be played, 
I get fired up and I'm going to address this is what it is, this is what's happening. He has got to improve this going forward. Who's somebody, speaking of that, that you admire? Who are looking at linebackers around the league? One of my favorites has always been the two linebackers in Tampa. Yep. Devin White and Levante David, especially. You look at that dude, and he's still getting it done. He has Hall of Fame possibilities. He does. You know, he's only at one Pro Bowl. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. But you look at like his tackles for loss, everything. Mm -hmm. But when you look around, and this is pertinent just because linebackers, as you said, that they don't have linebackers right now. Jordan Brooks is hurt. You know, we don't know. We don't know about him. We don't really know about Cody. Because he's been sort of up and down. But mm-hmm. when you look around the league, who do you, you got a couple of names? I mean, I admire Demario Davis yeah. from the Saints. You just look at someone. He reminds me of myself, someone that's consistent, someone that makes plays, someone that gets everyone lined up, and just a bona fide playmaker. Each and every time. I remember when he came here into Seattle, it was at 2021 yep. when they came here, and he just dominated He was the a game. monster. Dominated. And he missed a pick to, to seal the deal. And um, just just you know, and you watch Fred Warner um, over there in San Francisco, just always around the ball, always making plays. And um, yeah, you look at our linebackers. We have some holes, and, and holes is an understatement. Yeah, holes is an understatement. And so I'm looking forward to see how creative John gets in bringing guys in via free agency, via the draft, because we definitely need help. And if you want a good defense, if you want guys to be, you want your team to be successful on Sundays. The linebacker position has got to be addressed. What do, you, what do you think when you watch a guy like Micah Parsons, who's a linebacker, but they've got him rushing? He's like an edge rusher. Yeah. He's kind of an everything. I mean, that guy's a freak. I think they should just keep this man rushing, <laughs> rushing the passer. Like, can he drop back in coverage? Absolutely. But you want him to be dynamic. You want this guy to get TFLs. You want this guy to get sacks. Can he drop back there and cover three and make plays? Yes, he can. But the name of the game is getting to the quarterback, and he does that like no other. The way he bends, how he doesn't even look big. But he's out there pushing linemen around like like it's nobody's business, and so I love watching him play. And um, but keep him going forward. Have him a three four outside linebacker. Let him rush the passer. Yeah, it's like when you talk about Carlos Dunlap. It's like uh, guys like that don't like dropping back oh, into coverage or Puna Ford. <laughs> well, why yeah. would you put him in? Why would you drop him into? Coverage? We didn't have Puna dropping, did we? Every yeah, once in a couple times. A couple times. It used to drive me nuts. Even when I played, I hated it because I'm like, these D-linemen, they don't know how to pattern progress and all of that stuff. So, no. yeah, that that always kind of got me fired up. Yeah, yeah. Dave, you never wanted to be a defensive coordinator? You never wanted to call plays? No, I, I never – the coach, I talked about this yesterday, I would get there for treatment at like 6.30 in the morning. Their lights would be on upstairs. Yeah. I'd leave at 6.30. Their lights are still on up there. I mean, you, you've you got your kids, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I had a coach. I told this story yesterday. His name is Richard Smith, linebacker coach. You know, that was my coach last year, right? No way. Richard Smith, the Silver Fox? Yes. That was my coach. Your kid, That's right. You were in Vegas. Yes. Uh, that was Coach Norton's coach, too. Does he still butcher the English language? <laughs> this man drove me crazy last year. Did he? Drove me crazy. Yeah. I'm like, coach. In what way? He over. Let me, let me, I, I love the guy. He yes. just let me let me slow down. <laughs> he just coaches you so hard. Yeah. Like do this, do that. I want hands here. If your hand is a centimeter off, hey, get your hand in tight. Footwork here. Slow feet. I'm like, coach, 
I'm I know I like I know what I'm doing. I'm in my eleventh football season. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to coach me like you're coaching this rookie here. And right. um it was a lot. He was he was on me like white on rice. Well, I'll tell you what, he was an assistant <laughs> linebacker coach that I had in Denver and the head linebacker coach, because that was my seventh year, and he was smart enough to go, Coach me up here, Dave, and I'd tell him exactly what I did wrong because I know. <laughs> I know it in, at year seven, eight, yeah. and nine. Um, the, <laughs> he, one time he said, this is pathetical and ferocious. <laughs> Man. And, and then he, uh, we, back when they were the Redskins, he, yeah. mis, he misprinted on a big report. The, he put the Washington Red Shins. No. <laughs> and so I gave him a hard time about it. I used to always, I remember one time I said something. He goes, yeah, I went and got one of those, uh, you know, double six packs. And I'm like, I'm like you mean a 12 pack? <laughs> and, and he goes, oh, well, I didn't go to Stanford or anything. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> did, but, he, did he quiz you guys the night before the game? I don't remember This that, man but. will quiz us. 21 personnel, second and seven. What is this team going to run? I don't know, Coach. What are you talking about? <laughs> what's, what's about to come? He's like, we went over this all week. They're running the, the backside boot reverse or something. Yeah. I'm like, come on, Coach. Like, What are you doing? He would quiz us the night before the games. All and, right. Well, I brought it up only because. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, wait, sorry, only sorry. because, and I don't want to rip him too much because it was funny. Yeah. And when I saw him last time, I was like, he's still butchering the English language. <laughs> uh, but he told me one time that he did not see his kids awake for like three weeks. So that's why, to answer your question about the coaching, I thought about getting into scouting, yeah. the same thing, uh, back in 2004 before I started doing this. Yeah. And, yeah, I just I felt like going from all the time that I put in as a player and then going back and putting in even more time. I mean, I love football, yeah. but this arrangement that I have, I feel still connected. Yeah. Like I'm sitting here talking to you. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. love the players. Mm-hmm. I love being around the, the guys, and this is enough for me. Yeah. What about you? Same. <laughs> Same. Just Same um, you feel that way about coaching, like you wouldn't see your kids? and Listen, I, I would love to, on Sundays, I see how much fun coaches have, and I would love to just dissect offenses like it's nobody's business, but I understand that the week that leads up to Sundays is a beast. Yeah. It is a beast. And I was just talking to a few guys that's there now. Like They say they don't sleep. They say they take naps. Hmm. And I was like, I don't, I don't, I love football. I want to be around it. I want to help with game planning. But like, I, you know, I got, you know, my, my boys are here now. Like, it's, I got to be around my family as much as I possibly can. At the same time, stay around football. And so, I do believe you can find a happy medium. But if you decide to go into coaching, that is a big, big, big commitment that you have to make to be away from your family. Hey, as far as the, let me have you analyze the Seahawks defense from this past season. Do, were the struggles? The the system, the moving from a 4-3 to a 3-4, and they didn't have the right personnel. Was it just the personnel wasn't what we thought? What, is there? Can you put your finger on what went wrong with this defense? Outside of there was a four-game stretch where they fooled us all. We thought they fixed it. <laughs> they fixed it. Everything's great, yeah. and then it fell apart again. Yeah, going from a 4-3 to a 3-4, I, I did that my last year. Like 2020, we went to the 3-4 stick front. And um, that's the move that they wanted to go forward. And um, just looking at the the personnel that we had on the football field this past season, in particular with the um, 
the linebackers and the interior defensive line. It was it was not pretty. It was not pretty at all. Just watching those guys get pushed around, just watching the line but the linebackers get you know suffocated by blocks and not be able to to find their way to make their plays. And so um, I wanted I want more big boys up front. You want to go three four? Let's get some some big guys up there. Some big Al Woods at all three spots: the nose and the two three techniques. I like our outside guys. I love Chenna. I love Daryl Taylor. But the interior guys, it's not sitting well with me at all. And so I do believe John understands that clearly what he has to bring in to this football team because he has got to address that if he wants to bring this defense to life. You have got to stop the run. God, that's where it always starts. Stop the run. You saw what happened with the Saints, with the Niners all the times they played, with the Lions. It wasn't good enough. The Raiders crushed Oh, my <laughs> God. Man, I, I can't remember if it was Carolina or, or uh, Vegas where there's two double teams – and I was always taught, attack the double team. Go. Because that guy pushing on this guy, he weighs like mm-hmm. 150 pounds. Mm-hmm. You can crush him. And I see him just sitting there reading instead of not attacking. Yep. And, and um, I don't know if that's where they were coached. Maybe they were coached that. Yeah. But um, it's something has got to give. And um, I, I grew up in the 4-3 system. I understood that clearly we're going to run 4-3, cover three, eight man in the box. Everything is covered. Let's play football. With these guys, they ran a lot of too high safeties. So the linebackers, like you said, Dave, they got a two yard. They got to wait until the safeties come to the party. So by that time that happens, it's a five yard game. Right. Second and five, they can do whatever they want to do at that point. And so I, I don't necessarily love the scheme. I believe if we get bigger up front, that we could we could do better against the run. Yeah, I mean, so the linebackers reading the D lineman, and then the safeties reading the linebacker. Yes, yes. So I mean, that's a huge delay. And they have to the safeties have to find the proper alley. Like I got to find out if, if Jordan or Cody goes this way, I got to fill in the alley coming this way. And so it's a lot of stuff that you have to figure out. A lot of reading versus attacking. Yeah. We have to react anyway. Let, let me find a way to where I can just go and just shoot my gun. You saw a few times where Jordan's like, screw this. I'm just about to go, and whatever happens, happens. And so um, knowing Coach Carroll, I know that Coach Carroll is going to get this figured out. Clint Hurt, it's his second year. Um, Got to get it figured out because what we saw last year, that's not winning football. Now, one of the one of the other things you had said in a, in a cut we played, you talked about the interior of the D-line. You also talked about the interior of the O-line. How do, is it the guards? Is it, I I thought Austin Blythe is a, is a good center, and then Dave talks about how smart he is. Mm-hmm. I felt like he got overpowered a lot. There was I don't, it's always hard to tell. Is it the center's fault? Is it the guard next to him mm-hmm. when things go wrong? But what was your feeling about the interior of the O line? And, and we had to look at Gabe as well. You know, I love Gabe. Went yeah. to school with him. Um, what years is it for Gabe? You're I think nine, 10, nine or ten. Nine or ten. We go see if he comes back or not. And so you got to address that. You got to get more depth. Because um, I saw a few times where Gay was rotating in and out throughout the game, like that's not that's we can't be doing that. We got to have our three guys in there in the interior, and these guys got to execute. And so um, I do believe that the tackles. I love my I love the tackles. Yeah, I thought that they grew a lot. I thought they played well. They um, had some good experience in their first year. Had the rookie moments when mm-hmm. San Fran came into town. I was like, okay, this is the welcome to the, to the NFL <laughs> moment. Dealing with Bosa and yeah, yeah. Damn. And so when anytime you build a franchise, that that interior has got to be solid. This was a rebuild year. I know we made the playoffs, but it still was a rebuild year. To do it winning nine games is pretty cool. But yeah. let's just keep adding more pieces to the puzzle. Get bigger, get stronger on the inside. And let's just flourish after that. What's do you remember a favorite play or two that you made in the NFL? I'm going to go Minnesota Vikings at home, one-handed okay, interception. 
That's what we're interceptions. Like uh, I only had three, and, and two of them bounced up in the air, and I caught it like a punt. So just a gift. Yeah, but uh, was that something you cherished? Was it sacks? You remember any specifics? My favorite play was 2018 Wild Card Weekend. We played the Dallas Cowboys, and I read the crack and go that that they ran. the The Cardinals ran it the week before to Larry Fitzgerald. And right when I saw that motion versus the Cowboys, I looked to my left and I told Shaquille, I said, Shaquille, watch the crack and go. He missed it. And so um, <laughs> KJ got to come save the day. <laughs> and um, I said, they told you to play, bro. And um, so I took off running to my left, tipped the ball up with my right hand, bobble, 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 picked it, fourth quarter. You know, I grew up a Cowboys fan, so I, I, to go into that stadium to make that play in the playoffs – and I remember I, I, I had tore my knee that year, so I didn't play much that year. And so, hands down, my favorite play I ever made in my career. Yeah, I forgot about that <laughs> he one. He missed it. A good one. <laughs> I'm like, bro, I said, watch it. I pointed at him. You watch it on film. I said, watch it. Watch the crack and go. He bit up on the run. <laughs> he missed it. <laughs> so, um, hands down, my favorite play. The, the, the Vikings interception was cool, too, because I'm not even supposed to be there on that play. There ain't a boot. I got the flats. Yeah. Uh, Cody's was supposed to have the crosser coming across, but I knew we were playing the Vikings. I'm playing the the Sam Landbacker spot. I can give them some depth on the boots. You know, just throw it to the flats, and we can rally to that. But I saw the boot. I saw Jefferson wide open. I said, okay, let me sink back, rather than make the tackle. I'm looking at Kirk Cousins. I'm like, Kirk Cousins still looking at this receiver like he wants to throw the ball. And he just lobs it up there. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> And um, I just stuck my paw up there, one hand. I don't know why I did one hand. I should have went up with two hands. No. One hand was sexy. You can get higher. <laughs> one arm is longer than two. Yeah. That's the saying. And so just got that pick in one hand. Empty, it was an empty crowd. And so you just felt the energy from your teammates and everybody was happy. And so that was a cool moment. Didn't you knock use check? You had a pretty big hit on him. I remember uh, the – go, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, there was a play against uh, Kyler Murray where – he wants to go outside, and you like no, got no, him no. tackle for loss. And thanks, thanks to Carlos Dunlap, we watch film on on Murray all the time. And Dunlap was like, "Bro, when he gets in this position on the field, when he gets in space, he does the same move every time." And Dunlap was, "If you get in this situation, just take out his outside leg. He's going to give you the dead leg and try to bounce around you." And so I said, "Okay." So watching him on film, and I took it to the game. Here I'm in the situation, third and short. He's shaking me. He's shaking me. I'm like, you are not about to get outside of me. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to do anything right, you go, um, you go miss me and go on the inside. And so he just kept trying to do it, made the TFL, and that was a, that was a favorite play as well. Yeah. But, but my favorite play, sorry to get long-winded here. No, go ahead. My favorite play was 2019, San Francisco 49ers coming to town, week 17. You had three picks that year. Yeah, 2019. Yeah, that, yeah. I was pissed at you because that was my whole career. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, go ahead. And um, just open up the series. They ran a motion. Debo Samuels goes from my right to my left. They form trips, and um, I see uh, they ran a play. George Kittle is blocking. I'm like, he's not supposed to block. And they ran a screen to him, and I read it perfectly. And I hit this man right in his rib cage. And I just buried him right into the dirt and just got up and celebrated. I was a screen master my entire career, but out of all my screens I read, that play was my favorite. You were the screen master. I remember yeah. you caused a fight on the sidelines at Arizona. Oh, Kyler Murray was over there screaming at his tight ends going, you know. Why? And That was I, in Arizona, right? Yeah. I remember that. I remember yeah. that. The yeah, one I they think threw you, the, you broke up like two of them. The one they threw to uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. And so, 
Hey, yeah. quickly before we let you get out of here, one of the cuts we played was you talking about Gino and the contract. You came back later and said I was being disrespectful yes, or yes, whatever. Yes. But just the number, though. Has your mind changed at all? Because at the time, I think you were asked, would you pay him 30? And you said, we're not even going to entertain that. Has that changed at all as we've seen these numbers? Dang, did I say that? I'm, I am blunt. <laughs> Dang, what's wrong with me? You're mean. Sheesh. What are you so mean for? I don't know. Um, <laughs> yes, you are blunt. The, the, the price is above 30. Yes, the price is above 30. And um, the years, what are we talking about years-wise? I would think three, two or three. Two or well, three? Pete's contract ends in three years. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just here's my thing, guys, with quarterbacks. I'm, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest here. When I sign a quarterback to my team, this is should be this is the guy. He is the guy, and the goal is: can this quarterback bring me a Super Bowl? Can he bring me a championship? Yes or no? Yes or no? We're not talking about we're talking about quarterbacks in general. Yes or no? And if I don't feel like this quarterback can bring me a Lombardi Trophy. My mindset should be, let me add more pieces to the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Let me keep adding guys to the puzzle. And then, because the salary cap-wise, when you do pay the kind of money, it shrinks what you can do as a team. So let me pay guys that I know they can do it, that I can trust to do it, versus putting all these eggs in one basket. The, the Niners are the prime example. Mm-hmm. You saw they had guys surrounded by Brock Purdy. He's a rookie quarterback. Just come here and don't mess it up. Yeah. And if he didn't if he didn't get injured, we're probably talking about them being the Super Bowl champions right now. And so um that's my thing with quarterbacks. Like if I if I don't necessarily believe in this guy, if I can't necessarily think that he can get me to the promised land, I don't want to just put all of this into this position and limit myself in other moves. Can Except Gino be that guy? Yes. Yes. I think so. With the help of other pieces. But here's the thing with, with Gene, like this team, is like there's other pieces that need to be added to this team. Right. There's a lot of pieces that need to be added. So they got to see, like, do we go this route or do we add other pieces to this puzzle? So it's a lot of, there's holes and there's holes that they have to, to plug in with this football team. And so what is the free agency next month? It's yeah. Gonna, it's going to be very interesting. It's going <laughs> to be very interesting. And so they're, they're, they've done a phenomenal job thus far. And so we'll see what they do. KJ, we love you, man. We appreciate, appreciate you. It, Thanks so much for coming over. We love talking yeah. to you. You sure fit in well on this show, yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. I just want to. I just want to do this every day. Can I come in <laughs> when you guys have the um, John Snyder show? Yeah. yeah. No, I can't. Y'all won't let me. No, you can ask too many questions. <laughs> I'll, yeah, we'll but, be down at that building you're familiar with. Okay. You know what? I'll tell you what. You can text me. What to questions ask? you want? Yeah. To ask John Snyder. Got it. Got it. Got it. Appreciate you, man. I enjoyed it, fellas. Thank you. There you go. The great K.J. Wright spending some time with us. Our buddy Adam Ray will join us next here with Wyman and Bob. Seattle Sports Station on 710. Wyman and Bob. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Our thanks to K.J. Wright, who uh, sat in with us in the previous segment. In case you guys just tuned in, really good stuff from him, which will be available on the podcast page after the show at seattlesports.com. The reason he was in the building is because he was uh, doing a podcast with our buddy, our pal, that we talk to all the time on the show and who's now sitting here in studio with us, if you're watching at seattlesports.com on the video stream. Comedian, actor, superstar Adam Ray is with us. 
It's not on. Yeah, look, come on. Cut to me, Lefto. Gee, many Christmas. And I'm off. I was wondering while you are holding the pose. I was frozen. And I'm like in the middle. You got to tell me about framing, dude. He's sitting back there. Thumb is sabotaging you. Yeah, I know, He's already starting anything up. Well, I told Thumb, I go, I want a finder's fee for getting KJ. Because he was out there brilliantly. And by the way, KJ crushed the pod. Had Steve Rabel and KJ Wright on the About Last Night podcast today. Both apps will probably be out in, I don't know, the next month. So this is why I love... I mean, just, you know, we're all, you know, pretty much in the same world as far as like getting to, you know, this is our job, which is, you know, crazy. I mean, you know, it's debatable what Mike's doing back there, but, uh, <laughs> but the, um, didn't even hear that. That's great. He's dialed in. He's dialed in. No, but he very, um, you know, smartly was out front to uh, intercept KJ. Um, you know, someone say a little bit, you know, too quick, overstep, <laughs> almost like a, almost like, you know, after like. That was the equivalent, like, of trying to talk to KJ before I talked to him. Of like, Mike gets the number of the girl and calls her while she's still standing there. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, you try that strategy then. Yeah. <laughs> right on cue. But but right also <laughs> but also the right move because like you know you want he's like I didn't want to get him after the show because I might be busy uh, with uh, with Wyman and Bob. But uh, I'm glad he was able to pop over. Sounds like he uh, he was awesome. He's He's great. Man, just such a good uh, gabber, right? And I was talking to him and uh, Steve Rabel about this. Like, it's not a guarantee when guys are that articulate and just, you know, easy off the tongue, you know, and, and able to just, like, um, listen and but offer up stuff and, and know that, you know, they'll carry the conversation for a little – not give you one-word answers, right? Like, I'm sure you guys have encountered that with – with athletes where you're like, people. okay, yeah. I guess I'll just do this whole interview myself. Um, and I was about to say a name, but, you know, I don't, he's, you know, he plays on one of our teams. But I've definitely heard or been a part of those situations where you're like, all right, I'll just do more of the heavy lifting. But that's also fine because maybe I need to ask better questions. Mm. I don't know. I was looking at you when I said that, Dave, but that's, yeah. You, what, what, what do you, you have? You asked me a question earlier today. <laughs> yeah. I was like uh, telling a story and he goes, wait, 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 hold on. Does this story get better? <laughs> I was like, you know, what if I'd have just like deadpan looked at you and said, "Hey, bleep you, man." That would I would have loved it. I wish I would have. I know you were very thrown off by it because you were so genuinely <laughs> locked into your story, <laughs> which was terrible. But I, uh, but I was. Uh, let's not skip over that little fun fact. Yeah, wrap it up, baby. Beginning, middle, and end. Not just middle and beginning. Uh, no, you. Uh, no, that's like one of my fun like things I like to do. Like, or you know. You've heard me say if if somebody says like I think KJ said like I never you know I wanted to play uh, a basketball but I, I you know I couldn't do that and I was like yeah well not with that attitude you know like I'll do that <clears throat> that works a lot it's a fun thing to do and another one I've started doing is when somebody starts a story that clearly isn't even into the thick of it yet I'll go dude does this get better it's a, I do it to my mom and she's she doesn't enjoy it too much but uh, I was telling them about when we were out front and you and you and Thumb were having your awkward boat conversation there was there was the uh, the girl was coming up and telling you a story who was a fan and you stopped her you go oh no no, no that's great could you email it to me oh yeah 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 that's another nice little throwaway well sometimes people hey man booze you know works its magic on your uh on your you know dialogue sometimes and just stretches things out and you're like there is no end nick swartzen a great comedian uh used to do a bit about like hearing himself tell a bad story and like halfway through in his head he's just like abort story like I gotta get out of this there's it's you know it's gonna be crap even though you're like halfway through telling it so he would always overcompensate and heighten the end of it so he'd be like 
So the story's like lingering on. He's like, yeah, so we're at the bar and Dave like got a beer and spilled it. And the, <laughs> and the bartender was like, dude, you, dude, I got, now I got to clean that up. And then, um, and so then Dave stabbed the bartender and you're like, whoa, what? And then everyone's like, what? He's like, I know it was crazy. Right. He's like, all right, now I, I can walk away being like I the story. It. Yeah. I saved the story. Yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but they. Um, I mean, I cannot wait for these episodes to come out. I mean, I know I'm just like fresh off the adrenaline of of both conversations, uh, you know. And I, uh, I, you know, um, snorted some Smarties candies in the parking lot uh, right before this. Um, no, but um, uh, they're just so. I don't know, man. Everyone's got a story, and you know, most of us know people like on such a surface level, and they uh, they both just you know an hour plus and. Uh, and got uh, you know got pretty candid on a lot of on a lot of stuff, um, often on the field. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, man, I don't know. I've obviously gotten to you know chat w- uh, with some cool people for the for the for the podcast, but um, man, th- those ones were so good. They were just it's also cool when people are down to play. Like they both, I'd m- only met Rabel through uh, through our boy Dave Wyman here. Shout out for for linking us up, man. But like, it's almost like. You know, I knew we were going to kind of hit it off just based on like hearing him, watching him. I told him, you know, watching him on, on the news, um, you know, growing up and you just can get a sense of like who people are. And obviously, if he's boys with you, I feel like that's, you know, we all make mistakes. But like there's, <laughs> you know, he's, you know, he's, try, you know, no, but you guys have such a good and we talked about you guys at great length um, in, a, in a lot of fun, silly, but like very real ways. And like so you'll you'll dig the shout outs. But um he uh, he was just so great. What happened when I walked by the window and flipped him off? <laughs> oh, yeah, and then that was that on the video, or that'll be on video. He just stayed dialed in to the uh, conversation. I think oh, he was. Yeah. I think he, his words were, "Who who's that guy?" I think it was. <laughs> uh, he said, "How they let it?" Yeah, no, but um, yeah. I mean, a lot of uh, his journey. I mean, dude, put coming up on sixty nine, like you wouldn't guess it, and he just uh, has a. Um, uh, his journey is, is uh, incredible, you know, and uh, and the fact that we get to uh, claim him and and you guys, you know, uh, are as I said, Bert and Ernie and Milk and Honey. I think were my words mm. to oh, describe like you too. Which yeah. one am I? I'm wondering. Great <laughs> question. Probably Ernie. Ernie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's. Burnt. Are you just going based on build? What yeah, you based on, yeah. <laughs> Ernie was pretty jacked. He had deltoids for days. Hey, do you have time to hang? Yeah, because we got we got to hit Let's a do break. It. Let's do it. But we'll come back more with Adam Ray here, Wyman and Bob, Seattle Sports on seven ten. Wyman and Bob, powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio on Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Spend a lot of time during the break. Peppering him with questions like we don't know him. Adam Ray is in studio with us. I left to go get water. I came back like, what did I miss? Yeah, yeah. He's, you didn't, he, dude. You went to go just rip one of the juiciest. <laughs> oh, we don't know. This is right up Dave's we, alley. We don't yes. like potty talk on this show. Now, <laughs> Dave does. Let me ask you this real quick though. If you do have to, I'm assuming at this point uh, in your marriage, the uh, the toots are flying, right? Like you don't, you're not like, you're not <laughs> no. trapping her face in the pillow. Like you don't have some weird fart game, but like, or maybe you do. I don't want to put words in your mouth uh, or sounds in your butt, but I feel like. I feel like if you're, do you have, do you try to keep the, I guess, intimacy a lot as far as like, I don't know, like, you know, some people will leave the room or they're like, I only, I know a comedian friend of mine who's like, I will only poo uh, at my house. I won't public, I don't public poo. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm saying, 
in the world of uh, letting them slip and rip, do you try to like keep it under wraps? No, I don't try to keep it under wraps, but I do leave the room. For sure. I yeah. feel like you're doing it right now, Dave. The way you just looked into my eyes, I feel like... <laughs> Excuse yeah, me, actually. You can, uh, yeah, you can see... There's always the... Here's no, the, with you, the chair I, would, adjustment. I would stay. <laughs> you stay and let you just Bask savor the my musk. Yeah. yeah. Danny what about did you? The, you're freshly married. You're freshly married? married? I yeah, think you keep right. them... Oh, you know what's so funny? We'll talk about this. I actually, this morning, we're down getting... Cu- I don't think... You know, the P in front of you is fine. I think it's actually adorable. Um, <laughs> now, if it got on me, we'd have some issues and some paperwork. But I think I, I had not – I haven't heard her uh, um, uh, let one out. And I don't think she has with me. But this morning, oh, man, I let one out. And she looked up. And I, I was – in the family room, and she was in the kitchen, so it was a it was a hail mary, and she somehow heard it, and it was like, it was almost like, you know how like you know the noise thumb makes when he wakes up in the morning and realizes he late he's late for work, like it was that it was like oh you know you know so it was it was that, and she goes, did you just fart? And I was like, no, what are you no? And then she goes, you totally did. I go, I did. I'm sorry. I go, oh no, I'm so embarrassed. I go, is that gross? She goes, no. It was, Hilarious, and you know, so you broke that up, uh, broke, broke down the that ice, wall. yeah. Good. I think, you, yeah. And three, uh, three, four months into marriage, I think you know, now is the time, right? Yeah, now she I, still loves me. I told my wife when I was dating that she was too pretty to fart in front of, that she was the first one ever. It's a compliment, it's a good compliment, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, like that's as smooth as did I you say get. that during your vows? <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> now I think she thinks it's funny, but of course, you know, only if you leave the room, yeah. Does well, she? It, Oh, go ahead. What's what's going on with the what's going on with the rock? Has that been renewed? Oh, bro, I You're don't know, but I mean, I would play the. I was actually thinking about playing the uh, voice memo I uh, got from him uh, yesterday. Um, We're talking I, about the rock, Dave's best friend. Did, Dave's best friend, did not me? Chris Rock, <laughs> not um, not uh, who's not, is there another rock? Not the rock from the TV show, The Rock. Who played him? The guy who was the janitor and Rudy. You know who I'm talking about? There was a show called. Rock on, I don't know why I'm looking at Lefko. You don't watch TV. You don't have the internet, do you? The, no, it was, it, doesn't it was, um, uh, anyway, so yeah, so Dwayne The Rock Johnson. We don't know about Young Rock season four, but um, XFL, you know, is launching off. Yeah, and he, so, was a, he was at every game. Bro, he um, he was like, if you need tickets, I was like, I'm going to be up here with the Impractical Jokers at Climate Pledge April 7th. So uh, got me some ticks to the April 9th game for the Sea Dragons. I'm very fired up about. But he texted me because I had posted a clip last night on my Instagram of my first time ever on stage at Giggles. Um, and uh, and I had a guitar and a beanie and a uh, checkered shirt from The Gap. <laughs> Jealous. And, uh, and, and he was like, bro, this was your first time. This is crazy. And then he started talking to me about his uh, first time. Um, and uh, in the ring, and uh, he's you know about wrestling. I think Brooklyn Brawler, and and uh, it just got us down this rabbit hole of of um, you know, I don't know, just you know, then and now and whatever. But uh, I know the show's doing well enough on uh, people watching on NBC. But it's the streaming and global appeal I think that's going to push us through to a season four because you know he's such a. Uh, beloved guy uh, overseas as well, so hopefully that interest will uh, will give it's us a good season. show. Yeah, it's, it's your it. It feels like it's all or nothing with you. Like totally the, the episode before this most recent one, right? You were in a ton. Full Vince, great there scenes, was a ton of stuff with oh, you. And then this up. one, it's just it's a couple lines, removed. maybe a shot of my hand. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's very very. Like, I recognize those hairy knuckles. But as the story goes on, obviously you become such a huge figure. Hopefully, right. there's one more season. Well, that's the thing too. Is like now he's going to become big. Uh, now he's becoming the Rock and a movie star. So it's like, do you show? I guess all that uh, transpiring, which you still 
yeah, there's still plenty of story to tell and like his growth and involvement and and then flashing back to, you know, um, 10 year old and 15 year old Dwayne is still very much uh, in play. So we'll see. But um, shooting uh, a couple other uh, things coming up. And then, uh, of course, you know, the Barbie movie, uh, you know, coming out in July. Guys, I mean, you thought Ryan Gosling, you thought Ryan Gosling was, you know, just, you know, was hot above your bed, Mike, on a poster? No, dude. I'll show you a picture when the movie comes out that'll be like, wow, those pupils are daggers. Who, who's in that? Uh, it's Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling, Will Ferrell. Um, Ooh, Margot Robbie. Bro, she's incredible. Yeah. yeah and so nice sweet. Special, special to look nice at. Person. And what do you play? I play a cop. I got three scenes as a cop. I just hmm. saw you I'm as a, a cop. guy. So you get shot. Oh, he, in the heat. He saw the, the heat, heat finally. We're... Bro, so you saw me motorboat Sandra Bullock and then get blown up. <laughs> Greatest day of my entire life. I thought that was going to I was like, if this is all I ever do, I'm fine with it. And you know what's so funny is like, <clears throat> you know, getting to, uh, you know, when she shoved her uh, uh, my face in her in her cleavage and Paul Feig, the director, you know, it was a lot of improv and, and, and you know, calling stuff out from the director chair. Like, maybe try to say this or this. He's great at, at setting you up to, you know, when I first started, the first scene I did with them was when Melissa and Sandra pulled, uh, or I pulled guns on them, right? Yeah. yeah. And then it's the whole 1-800-give-me-your-effing-guns, whatever. Uh, and that's I too was, many numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was so nervous, and then I, I was like, I'm not going to improvise right away, even though I know Paul, especially coming off Bridesmaids. And, you know, The Office and Freaks, and he just likes to work that way. Him and Apatow have a, a similar taste as far as, like, you know, hiring people to use all their weapons at their disposal. He's like, if you're funny and good at that, I don't want you to not feel like you can do that. So the first laugh I got from them, I was like, okay, I, I feel settled in. And then we're doing that dance scene in the club, and uh, she's trying to get my phone to bug it. And, and Paul's like... Sandra, shove Adam's face in your boobs. And I was like, oh, what? And I'm just, and, and like, I'm like, oh, man, trying to stay in character. And all I can think is like, all right, like, don't smile too big as she does it. Like, as she pushes my face down, don't go like, ah, nah, nah. you know, just full left go. Don't you, you know, just, you know, you know, and uh, what time is it? And so I go, so she pushes my face down. And and then I was like, don't get down there and just, you know, like, don't do, just don't act cool. Act like you've been there before. <laughs> and uh, and uh, man, it was uh, and she was so cool about it. I mean, just a true, you know, I was like, I was like, sorry, whatever. And and she, I think she even made a joke where she was like, sorry, I don't have more for you to you know get in between or whatever. You know, um, <laughs> did you say uh, Melissa headbutted you on accident? Yeah. You got hit in the nose. Yeah. That scene that she where I brought them in then after finding them. And then we had to do, yeah, this headbutt. And it was like. We must have rehearsed it 15 times. And, you know, I'm like, yeah, the better it looks, the closer you get to my face. And the one that they used, she, you know, definitely smacked my forehead and uh, my nose, which you can't miss, and just got me in a way where I went down and there was no acting involved. I was like, ha! Ah! Ah! And they're like, great, we got it. I was like, do you? I'm bleeding out, you know? Um, but yeah, good movie, right? Yeah, that was great. <laughs> Holds man. up. Yeah, it's an easily well, digestible comedy. And you playing that role is a total departure from your normal. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, true religion genes and like talking yeah. about gremlins in the club. Talking about gremlins in the club. Don't get I had, wet. Right? I had one improv they kept in, which was fun. Where at one point it was like two a.m. and Paul was just like, just improv. Like we just had this one wide shot of you trying to impress Sandra as she's like waiting for Melissa to like come over with drinks and like distract. And so. 
I was just yeah rattling off the Gremlins line. I think one thing I said was like I was like yeah my my friend knows Seal, so I'm trying to get Seal in here for like a private concert. And Sam was like oh cool. <laughs> and like afterwards she was like Seal. I was like I'm a big Seal fan. I was trying to just inter, inter, you know inject some uh, some shout outs. Can you take us to the break with just a little bit of Lefko? Can we sure. just hear just okay? Well we're coming up on uh, ESPN 710 Seattle and. Uh, more here on uh, Wyman and Bob. We've got, uh, of course, subscribe to the podcast if you want to hear uh, more of the KJ Wright interview and the Adam Ray uh, interview. And uh, Mariner season just around the corner. Spring training. We'll be getting out to Scottsdale, Arizona for uh, hopefully some interviews with Ty France and Julio Rodriguez and a big contract uh, here on 710 ESPN Seattle. Let's go. <laughs> what, about, what about a quick Charles Barkley, though? No, no, no. That's Mike Trout. Yes, sorry. Well, here's Charles Barkley, <laughs> and it's a very it's the the differentiating uh, difference uh, dif- uh, the difference between the two voices. Thank you, Mike. Is is you know larger than people uh, are aware of. So Barkley's more up here. Charles Barkley, you know, Mike Lefko is terrible, but you know he's actually pretty good. But you know, it's just the way he talks. Uh, you know, uh, people say, and then Mike Trout is just a little, just a little bit more like Cookie Monster. <laughs> Yeah, don't throw your hands in the air. This is this is acting one on one. Yeah, Mike Trout's a little bit more like I'm. Like you ever see someone walk into Doctor Pimple Popper and they're like, "I got a foot on my shoulder. Do you have any cream for it?" That's where Mike Trout lives. <laughs> Higher up, like you're choking on peanut butter and digging through a trash can. You know, Dave, what you do on Sundays. I hope you get a chance to meet him one day and dazzle him with oh, your impression. Can you imagine? Oh, uh, if you guys, if we ever star game. Come, come to the oh, I'm trying to really work nice. some, uh, you know, you some, some angles to get into that softball game. And so if that happens, maybe Trout's down there. Mm-hmm. And I would love to just, yeah, first of all, I'll be like, hey, I do an impression of you. He's like, cool, but who are you? I'm like, all right, man, easy. You know, hey, 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 I'm my Trout. He'll be like, yeah, I have this guy removed from Safeco. We know you got to go, but you, what's coming up? You're going to be at Climate Pledge Arena? Oh, yeah, Climate Pledge on April 7th with the Impractical Jokers, and then uh, back doing uh, a couple solo shows um, uh, at the Triple Door uh, in downtown Seattle, June 17th, day after my uh, my birthday. Um, first show is almost sold out, so hopefully we're going to add a second. Um, but tickets at adamraycomedy.com. And, uh, of course, the podcast about last night. A uh, bunch of great episodes uh, coming up. Neil Brennan, co-creator Chappelle Show, uh, Adam Devine, um, uh, Wayne Brady, and then of course Steve Rabel and KJ Wright. Uh, yeah, and you got a new new special, new special, a little uh, best of Minnesota out there on my YouTube channel, and finally have locked in a uh, a venue for uh, my actual special that I'm going to. Uh, oh really? Shoot. Not just like a crowd work best of. Yeah. So um, stay tuned on that, I guess. And. Um, I don't know, Dave. Do you want to? Where are you on Instagram? You want to plug your Instagram? I don't know. No, I don't, I don't You're not on social idea. media, are you? I don't have any. Oh, what a healthier way to live. <laughs> I, I just feed him all the info from social media. Give him updates. Well, yeah. Whether I want to hear it or not. <laughs> yeah. I'm like Bob, this is why I'm not on, and yet you're telling me everything. Oh man. Yeah. By the um, way, you guys, uh, I've said it before, but I'll say it again, and I gotta say it when I'm in studio. Best sports show uh, out there. You're looking at it. You're listening to it. Thanks, you're a part of it. <laughs> we appreciate you. Partly because yeah. of you. We appreciate you. So I was fishing for that compliment. Yeah, there you go. There he is. Check him out, adamray.com. Adamraycomedy? Adamraycomedy.com. Adamraycomedy.com. I thought we were friends, Bob. I thought you went to bed looking at my tour dates, trying to figure out where you could fly to. I know. We should do that at some point. Well, we should let people know, though, by the way, that I'll be in Arizona when you guys are there and and timed it around that. So you want to talk about... We have to make time. I've already hit up Riz. He's like, buddy, I can't wait to get hammered with. He didn't say that, but, but hopefully, uh, you know, but we, hopefully we can come up with some new catchphrases for uh, Goldsmith, who um, I think is going to be down there too, right? Yeah, yeah, he'll be there. He'll yeah. be fun. We'll see you down there. We'll All talk right. to you before then. All right. There Thanks, you buddy. go. Adam Ray, everybody. We'll be back. Uh, it is Wyman and Bob, Seattle Sports Station on 710.